Hi, my name is Sylvia Gorajek and you're watching Valley Talks, talk show on real life stories of Silicon Valley startups. My today's guest is Purva Gupta, co-founder of Lily App, a virtual AI assistant that learns about your style and how you feel in your clothes. The app just won the 2017 South by Southwest Accelerator Pitch event in the social and culture category. Purva, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting. I'm so excited to be here. Women have so many conflicting emotions when it comes to their bodies, yeah. right? And uh, Lily uses science to help them choose the clothes that flatter their bodies yeah. and help them feel the most confident. Absolutely. Them, right? Yeah. How does it really work? So basically, a user downloads the app mm -hmm. and they talk to Lily for about two minutes. So it's like a chat. That's right. So they they talk to Lily and in those two minutes, she's able to understand their emotions and their perceptions about their body. And then she's able to um, match them to products from their favorite stores, online or in stores, that will flatter their body and also make them feel their best. Uh, so they really talk kind of like that's with right. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's what the app is. It, 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 is has, it has a chat look, not really any store or like shopping yeah. kind of website. I mean, we were not really trying to build a chat application, mm -hmm. but I think we were like from, from all of the research that we did and all of the women that we spoke to, we were trying to give it more of how we actually shop and surprise the user with, with the answers and, and almost please them and make them happy with, with what they see. Yes, and I love the voice of Lily. Yeah. I tried it myself and I really like the conversation. It helps you feel like you are really talking to a person. That's right. Yeah. And how did you uh, come up with this? And, and how did you make this happen? Did you hire some copywriters or yeah. do you have these talents yourself to really come up with those no, no, words? No. So, I mean... Um, so, so, so we have an awesome copywriter. Uh, she's a TV scriptwriter who used to write for uh, Jimmy Kimmel before. So, I mean, wow. different types of people are powering Lily's voice. It sounds like that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, it sounds like com comedy style. Yeah, that's right. Do you find that women are willing to kind of trust an algorithm? That's my, you know, was my first yeah. thought. Like, how would they feel with talking to a but in any in some way yeah absolutely i think that that was a hypothesis that we were testing for for the few months that we were really testing the interface um we were also thinking that will it be a problem for women to share all this personal information but what we found is that actually it's not it's not about sharing the personal information at all mm -hmm. what happens is when when a user comes to lily and when they are greeted by a very real real conversation kind of a thing it's, it's more that the expectation goes up, where they're like, all right, I'm happy to share all this information, but you, you better give me something good. And in that specific respect, we do two things. Of course, we do a good job at, at showing good recommendations that will flatter their body and kind of according to who they are. But also, Lily always explains how something flatters their body so that the user gets to see that whatever I'm sharing, like whatever information I'm sharing, there's somebody who's making good real use of it, like right now. So let's say if, if Lily is asking a question about their height or something else, then she's mapping that back to an item and saying that how this flatters you, how this will make you look shorter or taller or whatever that you're trying to do. So like she will map that back so that you feel confident that, okay, why is this good? Yeah. I feel like um, many founders really of successful startups, of huge businesses, start with uh, personally talking to yeah. potential users not only doing to, to do the research, but also to onboard them yeah. on the platform, right? And from what I know, you had a similar approach, yeah. like personally one-on-one -on -one talking Absolutely. to people. I wanted to make sure I'm building something that people want. 
like mm-hmm. truly building something that people want. I don't want to discover it after two years or three years of building it that nobody wants this or I did this wrong or I mean mistakes will happen and and that's a part of every founder's journey. Mm-hmm. But I think what I wanted to do was I wanted to get a very good nerve on the problem itself. And so that's why I started with speaking to a lot of women. That whole activity became like a huge customer development exercise for me because I wanted to I wanted to talk to more women about it. Mm-hmm. And and so it started from East Coast, West Coast, across the country to the fact that I've in the last three years now I've spent more than 10,000 hours asking women about what were they feeling the last time they walked into stores. You were doing this for like three years. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I've now spoken to more than 1250 women mm-hmm. uh, and 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 documenting every every aspect of this. I mean, these things have helped us build our algorithms really. But it already is very nice user experience, I must say. Thank you so uh, much. Very different than yeah. than typical shopping apps yeah. and there is a lot of AI out there on the market when it comes to shopping, yeah. but uh, from a completely different angle, I guess. I want to share like a brief about mm-hmm. why like what's this different foundation that that we're built on. Sure. Um You know girls as babies at the age of 2 start recognizing themselves in the mirror and start disliking parts of their body. Huh. At teenage they start making relative perceptions about their body with respect to their moms, friends, celebrities mm-hmm. such as I'm shorter than her and mm-hmm. my 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 color is like this than hers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And as young adults these translate into serious insecurities such as mm-hmm. I'm fat and not good enough, I'm less than others. and to the effect that women in this country get 13 negative thoughts about their body every single day and so Crazy. so so and all these things i learned during my research and like thousands of conversations with behavioral scientists and all sorts of different mm-hmm. industry experts and so the foundation that i'm referring to is that we we are a product that is trying to help women not just look their best but also feel their best what's what's surprising about this is also that It's not really about how they actually look. It's about how they think. Right. They look. And and 8 or 10 young girls today are not choosing to do something because they feel that they don't look good enough. Mm. I mean, just imagine what that will do to these young leaders tomorrow about how successful they can be and who they can be. Mm-hmm. And so so What also sets us apart is that we are actually trying to solve that problem. You took a very thorough approach to um, the research and yep. to onboarding first users, yep. and I feel like the similar approach you took when it comes to retailers that you yeah. got on your app, right? And you have lots of amazing big brands like yep. Macy's, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, H&M and yep. many more. So, can you share with us how you got to start working with them? Yeah, so so we started with an affiliate model, mm-hmm. but then our strategy talking to retailers was from the very beginning this that once we have users who are buying from these stores, then we want to talk to them because At that point we're not just sharing an idea with them we're sharing right. uh, you know statistics we're sharing what we know about their users and what we know that no one knows about those users because right? you already had users right. purchase those things from the stores right. right that's right and so and especially after south by southwest it has been a fantastic journey that we're getting all this inbound from all these retailers and so yeah it's it's uh, 
our strategy has worked with with respect to working with retailers. Exactly. So I think the biggest takeaway here is that you not necessarily come up with the idea only, yeah. or, you, or you don't even have to wait until your product is is super fully launched. You can have that's right a better version, right? Yeah. A portion of the product uh, tests out some features yeah. and show those results to to the brands, and Absolutely. if they speak for themselves, they yeah. are going to work with you. Yeah. Um, so although your app has been out there for only two months, it's super young, uh, you've had a number of amazing successes. And one, I think that one of the, the, the biggest ones is, is that you won the South by Southwest uh, pitch, accelerator pitch event yeah, this year. Uh, can you tell us more about that and how you, got, how you prepared for that and actually what yeah. uh, charmed the jury so yeah. much? So um, I'll tell you what charmed them is definitely a solid product. Uh-huh. But um, so I think... We used the opportunity. I mean, once we knew that we were a finalist at, and we are going to be participating as a finalist, we made sure that we leveraged the opportunity. So we made sure that we launched before South by Southwest in the App Store. Mm -hmm. And so that when you applied, what, at what stage you were? So when we applied, we, were, we just launched the private beta. So, so it was like the end of last year? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so once we knew that we're in, then we leveraged the opportunity uh, to to get a lot of exposure, right? So we made sure that we launched before um, yes. the competition in the App Store. And then we knew that most of the retailers and most of most other partners that we want to work with are going to be there at mm -hmm. Sapai. And so, so we leveraged that opportunity. And we knew that winning is also going to be helpful. Of as, course. Uh, and, well, adds your obviously. credibility. And yeah. And, and so, um, and I think what, what helped us uh, was the fact that we had very strong numbers from the private beta. And uh, I mean, we had very strong traction numbers from the private beta and, um, and a good product that, that, that helped us win. So tell me more about how it was, how it was pitching there. How, how did you feel when you won it? And what's the, uh, what's the outcome right now out of this winning? Yeah, so I think when we went there and like the, re the rehearsal started and everything, of course we were like, so, so there's like 50 other awesome startups and you're looking at them and you're like, wow, I mean, you know, and they're from different, you know, fields mm -hmm. of technology and different markets and different things. But you're looking at all of them and you're like, wow, we're competing with all of these people in some sense. <laughs> and, and, and so, of course, it was kind of, uh, it was a, you know, stressful, yeah, not really stressful, okay. but it was inspiring to see that we're one Exciting. of them. Mm -hmm. We're like, we're a part of this, this, this whole party. But, but I think, uh, but that also inspired us that what if we win this now, like, mm -hmm. you know, in this awesome group. Then what happens? It's very impressive. However, all of, all of those things wouldn't really happen if you didn't step out of your comfort zone, first yeah. of all, and if you didn't go through um, all of those um, visa processes too, right? Which we hundred percent. Which we which yeah. we should um, uh, touch a little bit on right now, I think, because that's very important, and that's something yeah. that many founders have to go through and are facing right now. And well, not only right now, but for many years, right? Yeah. Uh, so you moved from India a few years ago to the yeah. U.S. with your husband, um, someone that you married also against the will of your family. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's that's those are some of the things in India. That, that uh -huh. still happened, but but yeah, I mean, I've been someone, uh, I've been kind of a rebel in some sense to 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 kind of uh, not uh, 
to go chase what I want. So, so you moved to New York and actually you couldn't work uh, at the very yeah. beginning. So you found a way to work That's right. and to get experience. Yeah. So you uh, started to work with UNICEF yeah. uh, and got a diplomacy visa. Is that right? Yeah, a diplomatic visa. Diplomatic yeah. visa. Okay. And But then you were shopping in New York and as you mentioned, yeah. you, you got inspired when it comes to Lily yeah. app, right? Of course, it was a very early concept, but you wanted to do this business. Yeah. And um, that was also another reason why you had to then change the visa because that one wouldn't help, wouldn't right. let you do this business, right? That's right. I was working with the UNICEF Innovation Fund. It was a first of its kind, venture capital inspired fund that was investing in really literally life-changing apps and technologies. Mm-hmm. It's a great experience, but at the same time where I fell in love with um, trying to solve scratch this problem that I was after. Um, and, and, and so I had to totally come like step out of my comfort zone, meaning my husband was still at Yale, so so kind of moved to Bay Area on my own, on leave own. my job, mm-hmm. leave my visa Newlywed husband. Yes. Right? That's, <laughs> that's also correct. Uh-huh. And so, um, so, yeah, I mean, I had to do all that because because the desire to kind of go explore that was, was, was so much that I had to do that. But, but also when I look back, I feel like um, till you... I mean, my learning from all of this is that till you don't ask, the answer is really no. So I guess, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I had not done that or, or even with respect to South by Southwest, I mean, if, if we had not applied, then all of this would not have happened. So I guess, I guess my, the one thing that I'm learning a lot is that um, all the shots that are not taken are kind of missed opportunity. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about visas. And so can you, can you summarize your journey through the visas yeah. and how it was just... Um, uh, turning out for you? Yeah, I mean, I've in the last three years, I've been on six different visas to finally be wow. able to do. It's a lot, but also that's not the only example, I guess, in Silicon Valley. Oh yeah, so absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, I'll tell you this: that it it was also one of those stressful things on my plate. Of course. In the last three years, to make sure that how do I stay in this country? I mean, that's 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 different from maybe other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that that I had on my plate. Uh, to to always make sure that how do I how do I how do I make sure here, yeah. that I stay in this country? Yeah, and we need to underline yeah. this that this is something that is so much yeah. uh, in your head yeah. that doesn't really allow you to to even start this business or do this business, yeah. right? So you're stressed all the time. You don't know whether you know you can work, you cannot work. Next month you can't work. A uh, few yeah. months later you can work. And um, and not to mention the lawyers that you need to, you know, hire that you need to really have great lawyers. Not necessarily they need to be super sharks, but they need to be just uh, putting enough of attention to you. Right. But the first thing is that uh, it's funny that once we secure the visa that we want, it's this feeling that now I can have the real problems. right? (laughs) I mean, I have the pleasure of of having those problems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean. That's what I'm saying that I feel like I've got like that one big problem from my plate has gone finally. And, you know, now I am on the same level playing field as others to, to not focus about that. But but yeah, it was a big it was a big problem on my plate to not to kind of stop me from anything. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it has not. But uh, as an important problem on my plate to to make sure that I, I get to build my company. And how did you know uh, how to proceed with those visas at all during those two years? Or yeah, years? so I think it's the hustle and the research to figure out, you know, what's the next thing to do, what's yeah. what's the best way to do this. And and like I said, I mean, it was also a result of just trying many things because you really want something to work. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're trying all these different types of 
things. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your team and your yeah. co-founder. Uh, so you decided from New York that you want to do this company. Yeah. You moved here. Did you have any team members at that point? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I did not have a product. So so what about a team? I mean, <laughs> nothing. Right. When I came to Silicon Valley, I literally had no network with respect to kind of. Uh, I mean, I I didn't go to school here. Didn't mm-hmm. really work in Silicon Valley. So that neck. That network was missing. How so did you I, start? What were your first days? I need to ask about that. Yeah, so I m- moved here to join this incubator called Founder Institute. Mm-hmm. That's how I I was first here. That's a good way to start too, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, because an incubator I, yeah. or co-working space even is already yeah. helpful. Right? Because you want to you want to latch on to another good network so that you can stand on top of that and then go build your own. Mm-hmm. But then what I realized is that that's not enough, and and mm-hmm. and and so. Um, all of the people on my team, I really chased them, like on LinkedIn or literally mm-hmm. in malls. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stylists on our team, I I literally looked up what is the best store known for personal styling and then go look those people up and just walked into stores and found them and like chased them for a few months and till they said, yes, that's I'll awesome. join your team. So wow. so that's how I've, I've, I've really found people. But my co-founder, I, I met her at Founder Institute. So I think that was like my um, that was one of the most difficult things that I've uh-huh. done building this company mm-hmm. to find my partner in crime and it it wasn't easy i mean i I found and dated other other co-founders men women different types of you people. Said dated uh, <laughs> well no i'm just I'm just kidding because sure. we say that when you are looking for your co-founder yeah. you kind of, it's kind of like dating right? yeah I mean it's like founder dating basically uh-huh. right so yes. I founder dated um, yeah. Um, you know, different people. people. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they were wrong or not right or something. I think it it was more about who is the right partner for you. I mean, mm-hmm. there is no right or wrong answer to some of these things. It's just something that, that, that you know. Yes. If it's yes or no, after you spend time with them and understand there's, there's nothing wrong with people itself. Yes. And so I think um, that was a challenge that, that I also faced like most other founders. And I think that is one of the hardest things. But my learning from that experience is that like, mm-hmm. if I gave up looking for my, my partner right now, then I don't know how I would have built this company and, and it, it, it would have been different. Right. So it took a lot of time and also, you know, building the product took yeah. some time and doing the research takes some time. Absolutely. It's just something that yeah. we cannot build. I mean, we can uh, register a company within a day or a week, Absolutely. but we cannot build it so fast. We have to make sure the basics are there and it pays Absolutely. off later on and really it accelerates. And I'll tell so. you, and I'll tell you, I mean, when we started building this or when I found her, we didn't know that we are going to build such a deep tech product. I mean, mm-hmm. we've built top notch, deep deep learning and artificial intelligence tech. And so, mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, it has all like, all these things change yeah. in your journey, but I think As you go, finding yeah. the right people is so important. Purva, if you could think of yeah. one uh, thing that maybe uh, it would be worth, worth sharing with other founders, yeah. something that you along your way uh, yeah. learned and maybe you, it would be worth knowing earlier on than you learned yourself. I truly believe in this. I hinted this before mm-hmm. in our conversation too. It's about uh, till you don't ask, the answer is really no. So I I felt this so many times in the journey. Like mm-hmm. after something has been successful, and I've and and I've and I've whispered to myself, thank God I did this. Like thank God I I reached out. I asked this question. I wish I'd done this more earlier to believe more in the fact that I don't need to think what they will do. I need to do my job. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? Many founders tell me the same thing. 
And I think that by our natures, we often don't do it, but then we have to learn this. And I hope that our audience is going to really believe in that, that this is true and it's worth it. Because so many people are saying this. I mean, there must be something about it. Absolutely, absolutely. So like I said, I mean, I knew this on day one too. Mm -hmm. Like I'd heard this from so many other founders. Okay. But it's a journey, (laughs) right? You go through it and you kind of, you beat yourself up. No, 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 this is impossible. But you're like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. So you have to go through that journey and like yourself internalize and Mm -hmm. feel and like really feel this whole thing of, I just got to do my job. That's, that's what's important. Everything else, let's leave on the universe. They'll figure out what is good for them. Right. Purva, what is coming up for Lily right now? So next for us is a lot of interesting things. Um, So there is retailer partnerships, there is non-retailer partnerships that are coming up. There is a web version of Lily that's coming up for um, wow. for all of the audience. That's great, yeah. Uh, mobile, non-mobile audience. And then um, a lot of retailers on Lily. I mean, we're, 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 we're in increasing our selection of brands and retailers. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of that coming up. I think the number one thing that we've learned from all of our users so far, and we have a very high conversion rate, where one in three users is already buying. Wow, that's but, huge. But what happens with, with that when they start uh, shifting all of their buying, mm-hmm. like fashion buying on Lily, mm-hmm. is that they expect more and uh-huh. they're looking for more categories. Okay. <laughs> so there's more categories, more retailers, all of that's that's what's coming up. Awesome. Yeah. Purva, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. On the show. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>